Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guests about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning! You are listening to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast that looks at everything and goes, oh God! But then goes, oh, okay. Also, this is episode 30. 30 episodes. Bloody blimey. Um, I could wax lyrical about that for a little bit, but I won't. Let's do this thing. This week's guest is Steen Raskopoulos. Steen is a comedian and actor. In 2014, Steen was nominated for Best Newcomer at the Edinburgh Fringe for his show I'm Wearing Two Suits Because I Mean Business. And, uh, well, frankly, he's got a lot of other awards under his belt as well, but I uh, could list them all, and it would take a while, so I won't, because I'm lazy. Today we talked to Steen about expectations, the power of talking, and why feelings can actually be a good thing. Uh, We make all these podcasts to support Calm, the campaign against living miserably. And if you wanted to... um, and if you wanted to get some more information about them or just to check them out or to even donate some money to them, you can do that by going to www.thecalmzone.net. No dot. And you should, because we love them. They're brilliant. And we love them. Didn't write a third thing for that. So, yes, we love them. Anyway, feel free to leave us a little review or a like and subscribe. And whilst you're doing that, here is Lauren and myself talking to Steen Raskopoulos. 
On this week's episode, we are joined by Steen Raskopoulos. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for getting my name right. I know. <laughs> that really decreases my anxiety. That's part of the reason I was checking if I had a list before, because I was like, that's a lot of S's <laughs> in one name. To be like, Steen Raskopoulos. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, our, our first question that we ask everybody is, when was the last time you felt calm? Uh, I, I feel calm walking my dog, but the last mm. time I felt calm was I went for like a, a run about a week ago and that was uh, it's the quickest I've ever run 5k's and it happened because I walked down the stairs onto like this parkland walkway mm-hmm. and there was just this guy and for some reason he just made me really angry he was like head to toe wearing like all the latest Nike technology and clothing and I just I was like fuck this guy <laughs> And I just, it was my goal to beat him on the run. And then I just kept running quicker and quicker. And by the end of it, I did like 5Ks in 21 minutes and 30 seconds, Jesus, which is like, I never run that quick. Yeah. yeah. But I, by the time I finished, like, oh, wow, like, that, was, that was pretty quick. Yeah. But it was only spurned on by a guy that I didn't just like. Just rage. Yeah, and he's probably like a really nice guy and doing his best as well and probably, you know, running for the same reason. I think rage is probably a good motivator for most achieving most of your goals, especially yeah. when you've got anxiety. It's yeah. like, I will beat this person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never done, actually successfully done that. But. Yeah. <laughs> I get like this in the gym. You know, if there's like a row of treadmills and there's loads of empty ones, but someone will come on the one next to you. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you want to fucking race? Is that <laughs> it? You want to? And they've probably just been like, this is the first treadmill I've got to. But I see it as like some personal vendetta. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you want to run, do you? You want to run? <laughs> well, um, I don't. So <laughs> I'm just going to continue walking at a 6.5. <laughs> but do you do, when you go next to someone or they come next to you, do you check out their speed or yeah. their incline? Yeah, I'm totally like, how fast are they running? How yeah, far yeah. have they done? Very competitive. Mm. I was just about to say, you're a competitive person. I've started to run in between Series 1 and Series 2. <laughs> a terrible thing has happened, <laughs> and I've started running. I can't believe it. Yeah, but right. my sister was like, there'll become a point where you'll get bitten by the bug. And I did my first run, and I was like, I never see this happening. By mm. run two, I was like, I want to run everywhere. Mm. I've really gotten into it. Do you find it's good for your mental health? It is. Yeah. And I spent all of Series 1 being like, ugh, fuck running. Oh, <laughs> all these loose us who say running helps their mental health no and oh it's brilliant it's so annoying isn't I it feel good on the way back and then i want to eat good when i get in and mm. i'm just like oh what have, what have all of these guests done to me yeah they've made me run yeah it's annoying oh. the fact that they are correct They're about right. that one because yeah. exercise is the one that you never want to take <laughs> yeah. seriously because yeah. you can kind of get away with the drink more water get more sleep healthy eating and all that sort of stuff it's the exercise one that you feel like you have to put the most effort Efforts. into yeah. and um i was the same when i started running it was just kind of like i fucking hate this and yeah. i usually do the first 15 minutes minutes when I'm ever I'm running but like, this is miserable and then when the endorphins kick in it's actually oh this is very pleasant yeah because it is a point where like, there's a switch isn't it and you're like oh I'm happy now yeah oh that, that's what they are endorphins yeah oh. what music do you listen to do you listen to music put a podcast on do you yeah oh I can't do that yeah find like a 30 minute podcast and run for 30 minutes it's yeah. really good it's weird, I have to it? listen to the horrendous heavy metal music how about yeah. yourself oh, I'm, I'm like hardcore hip hop that's, that's my that's my <laughs> like run with a bit of swag Oh, very much so. Yeah. Well, I think I do, but I'm probably just uh, looking very angry. But I have like the same playlist that I use, and mm. there's always like one track that I finish on because I know mentally it just flips me into a spot where I'm like, okay, yep, I can finish the last four minutes 
or yeah. last K with yeah. your song. Do you find exercise helps your mental health as oh, well? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And when I don't, I know that's a big swing when, yeah. when I'm not. And that's hard when you're traveling mm-hmm. uh, without, you know, with the job of, of performing and, you know, you have to really block it out and make a make an effort to, to exercise. Mm-hmm. And not just to stay fit, but also to yeah. help your head yeah. fit as well. Because it can often be a, um, <laughs> that change in routine can be the first sign that something's going a bit wrong, isn't it? That mm. like uh, having no motivation to actually do the things that you usually do to keep yourself. Yeah. Uh, definitely for me anyway, speaking from personal experience. Mm. It's like if I, when I work, like I'm not going through a phase of exercising at the moment, but when I was, I was like, if I'm not going for a run today, that's because I'm not feeling very well. That's because I don't have the motivation because I can't be bothered to do all this sort of stuff. Mm. And it is one of those turning points. Mm. Yeah. But I think like trusting your body in that sense is good as well. Yeah. Like there's some days where, you know, I, I, I see a personal trainer once a week and last week I saw her and I, did, I just had one of those things where I was emotionally blocked mm. and I was, I just didn't want to go, but you'd already paid for it, so you have to go. And it was, I was so angry at myself for not being able to do the exercises that I did the week before quite easily. Yeah. And even she picked up, she's like, are you all right? Like, is everything, and you know, you're like, I'm fine. Just needed a big cry, guys. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Poor <Good>. yeah. <laughs> When was the first time you realized or kind of found mental health was a thing, be it positive or negative? <clears throat> I think for me personally, it was in my last year of high school. So I remember sitting in class with Dr. Lyle, who's my a modern history teacher and the bell rang for everyone to leave like to go to your next class and I did I just didn't move I just felt so sad and I just started crying and he walked up to me like is everything okay I'm like I don't I don't know I don't know why I'm crying I don't know why I'm not going to my next class Mm -hmm. and he took me into his office and we just had a chat for an hour and you know he goes I never would have picked it because at school I was a prefect house captain captain of cricket so there was this pressure of you know hey this kid goes all right at these things Mm -hmm. and it was just a thing of I just struggled and I just didn't know why and I think there's still points now where I just don't know like I know I'm sad I feel I'm sad but mm-hmm. I don't know why mm. and it is you know whether you talk to people or um, you know you exercise and then you know there's different ways of unlocking those Yeah. Mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah I don't know how to unlock it until someone says something or something triggers something I have to go oh yeah that's that's the thing yeah because that's quite a young age to start having those kind of questions and those emotions and stuff oh, where yeah. did you go after that What was, um, did you go and seek help or did you just I, I remember him calling my mum mm. and my mum came to the school and luckily we literally lived opposite the school and when I when I like I, <laughs> as in the morning bell was my alarm to wake up to ah. get to school I genuinely like lived to me down down the road and I remember my mum came and we just had a chat in his office but I didn't want to leave school like I didn't want to go home because as was, was a cop out but I was like oh, okay it's good that I've had this chat and I feel better after having this chat I'll stick around and then the next time it happened like I love sport and I, and I used to love playing sport and we were training for football and I was like I was in the first football team mm-hmm. and I was just we're just going in the warm-ups and it was just like a nothing strenuous just like some sprint warm-ups and I remember I just no, I was like I can't I can't be here I can't I can't do this I can't and I remember I just picked up my bag took, I just left my boots on just when I got my school bag and just kept walking and the coach sprinted after and he said what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong I'm like I can't be here I just gotta go home just gotta go home just gotta go home and he like he walked me home and then the same thing like I just I just didn't know why yeah do you know what I mean? and that place like sport and being around teammates and that always was my safe space. It was always my, oh, this is where I get to have fun after school and hang out with my mates. Yeah. And it was just this thing of like, fuck, the thing that I loved and the thing that I liked the most was now not a safe space yeah. for me to be in. But that's the only time in terms of uh, sport in that instance that it, that it happened. Yeah. yeah. When did you 
uh, did you go out finding look, looking for answers after that of why you were feeling this way? Um, not really, mm. not really. Um, I think the school asked me if I'd like to see a counsellor and stuff like that. But you know, I went to a private all boys school, and you know, in terms of playing sport, it was very much seen, you know, in terms of how uh, mental health in Australia, at least in Australia and in the media, it was seen as like if you're a man, you got to fucking suck it up and get on with it, and mm-hmm. why are you whinging for? And it was very much that. So for me, it was a sh- sign of weakness, especially I thought I was seen as this, you know, leader figure in terms of in the sporting field or, you know, in a prefect role or like, I, I can't be that person. And yeah. why why am I that person? I'm doing well, like I'm being perceived well by my peers and my teachers. So why, you know, I'm fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just a constant constant mantra. Like, yeah. I'll be fine. Like, it'll just figure itself out. I'll feel better in a bit. And yeah. then, you know. Um, I was going to ask if you're an achiever at school because I think achievers do push <laughs> that down because mm-hmm. you're so used to like smashing things and being good at things and being in control of things. And then you're like, these are my, my feelings. Like, this yeah. is what I should be in control of. I'm not. And I think perfectionists at school are the worst for when they start to feel like that, just freaking out because you're like, my God, this is the. For me, I was the same. I was probably like high flyer achiever at school. It was the first time I'd ever not been in control of something. Mm. And I just ignored it. <laughs> I was like, no, because again, if you admit it, you're like, well, then that's me failing at something. And I'm mm. not in, I don't fail. I'm the girl who comes top of the class and I'm the girl who they count on for everything. And I, I couldn't comprehend that there was something that I couldn't do and that be just be in control of my own yeah. bloody emotions. I think perfection. I think all perfectionists and like overachievers at school end up being so anxious. Yeah. So anxious. But is it a feeling of letting other people down or letting yourself down? For me, it was other people. Other people. Yeah. It's <laughs> so weird, isn't it? It's just like you're putting all of the expectations on something. You don't even know that they're going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And you, then you're kind of just like burying it all deep down inside. Actually, I'm going to ask you both this question. Oh. So what ages were you when you started talking about it, pro- like being open about it? Because if you're at school and you were just mm-hmm. pushing it down and down. Two years ago for me. Two years. Two years. So what, I've been 23. That's a while. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was last year, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. And that's like 30, 31. Bloody hell. And that was like doing my show. Yeah. That was the first time I spoke openly about my feelings to mm-hmm. anyone. So yeah, that was a that was a very interesting experience to kind of, you know, but it was the only way I felt comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess when I'm, you know, I'm doing it in quote marks, like not myself, like a version of myself or. A, um, yeah. Because then if people like say something about what you can be like, ha ha, that wasn't me. Yeah, that was like, stage oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and stage me is uh, oh, yeah. very vulnerable. <laughs> you sure really wasn't depressed as well? No, just <laughs> stage <laughs> me. <laughs> Why are you crying, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what what spurred you to to make that jump then from not talking about it to talking about it on stage? I hit like when I like rock bottom. Uh, my whole show was about uh, being not in a very good place, mm-hmm. and it was my papu, my great grandfather, who just had a chat with me that day, and he's got dementia. So I recorded. I've been recording our conversations for three years now, kind of thing, and. It wasn't until maybe a couple of months after that I just saw the memo on my phone and I re-listened to it and I was like, fucking hell, like I have to do something not only with this, but for me mm-hmm. to just, and I think it's that thing of failing or like mm-hmm. I, that's what I was worried about, like failing. And I just thought that like this isn't a thing that can be graded in terms of my feelings. Like, and once it's out there, once I've pushed it out there and everyone knows, then I can't go back in or I can't be that old me of like, oh, I'll just wait and I'll, like it'll get over it or things will change. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's a thing of, oh, people are conscious and also I'm conscious of, you know, I, I suffer from mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me to do that was a massive change in terms of how I live my life now and my relationships with my friends and my family. And it just opened up this whole world. And what you were saying before about, you know, the pressures of letting people down. A lot of time, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's this constant pressure you put on yourself. You're like, oh, you didn't care about that. But I've yeah. just, I've lost sleep over that. Or I've been so anxious not to call you or message you about that because I thought you cared and yeah. you didn't know what I was yeah. talking about. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. most of the time people want to listen to you because they care about you and they want you to be okay it's the pressures we're putting on ourselves that are holding us mm. back mm-hmm. most people like our friends and especially our close friends and family just go okay you're going to be open let's talk about this you know, like most of the time if someone comes to me and they want to talk about stuff I don't even say anything it's the the, the moment you start verbalising it that's when you can start realising it's something real mm. um, and you kind of get it out there you put it into words you put it in senses and the moment you start hearing yourself do it because when you're lis- listening just to your own brain you're going to get so paranoid and so wrapped up in it. The moment you start verbalising it, it makes it slightly more real, slightly mm-hmm. more tangible, and you can start then fighting against it. And that's what I've I've said to quite a few people is 
if you do have a friend that's going through something, just listen. You don't need to offer advice. You yeah, don't need to save them at all. Like that's going to be the first big step is just them having someone to talk to and be mm. open about it. Because wh- who was the first person that you were able to speak to about? Was it a, just an audience? Because uh, you were quite similar, weren't you? That the fact that you started talking about your mental health when you were writing yeah, Lady Mark. Because to me, an audience is faceless. When you're on stage, you can't see people. Mm-hmm. But if you're sat in front of your mom or in front of like a friend, you can see that person and see how they're reacting. And as well, off stage, they can fucking answer back. Can't answer back in an audience. I'm like, well, they could. They but can. I'd cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my audiences know not to heckle because I'm yeah. too anxious. But um, yeah, I felt a little bit like on stage, I was like just shouting it into the void a bit. Mm. And then suddenly that kind of filters into your real life because people who've seen your show then maybe message you about it or talk to you about it and you're like oh now I'm forced is the wrong word but now I'm being pushed to have these conversations because I've after it all out on stage mm-hmm. yeah. which is like nice yeah. but I found that so much easier than actually sitting down with one person one on one and being like this is how I feel so you see when it's on stage you can kind of just be like haha that was just trying a thing mm. just trying trying a new hat on <laughs> and was it a thing of like other people saw your show and friends who hadn't seen the show they were encouraging um, yeah. to go see them like I had a lot of friends like oh you need to you go, need see, to go see this to see what has happened in mm-hmm. the past couple of years that's how like, I went to see your show oh, people right. were like you have to go see Steve oh, right. like, mm. you will really appreciate it and you will really relate to it and I went to see it and I was like oh damn they were right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> my boyfriend was like why are you crying and I was like it's comedy <laughs> it's comedy <laughs> Because the reception to your show was incredible. Um, did you have quite a few people coming up to you afterwards, kind of? Yeah, um, yeah, and I still get messages from people, um, which is great. Yeah, and I, and I open the discussion, you know, and I'm always open for people to message. You do get some very funny messages from people. I thought you were going to say very intense, and then oh, look no, at me because no, no, I no, said no, you no. were massive. Messages. <laughs> no, your message like, is, I'm sorry. No, your messages are so nice. So you do get like <laughs> nice messages of, "Hey, I experienced this as well," and you know, or my friend has experienced this. Do you have any advice? or thank you so much I've taken a friend who has suffered and like but then you get some of um, I had this one her name was like Jill from Brisbane and she was like I'm not a doctor but you've got schizophrenia it's like <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not the that's not what that's not what the show's what are you talking about yeah. Jill from Brisbane but then you just have to you know take it with a grain of salt and like okay thank mm-hmm. you Jill I don't but yeah enjoy enjoy <laughs> yeah. the rest of the comedy festival <laughs> cheers mate yeah. yeah I had someone on Twitter try and tell me I had a brain tumour because um, I was sad some of the times and happy other times. And it's like, you've obviously got a brain chip. It's like, that's that's not how this works. But now I'm going to worry about that. Thank you very much. That means like everyone. Yeah. Has a brain chip. <laughs> oh, wow. But um, the, the one that crushed me the most was my best mate. He's been my best friend since we were 12. And he saw my show, I think, on the last night in Melbourne. And I hadn't told him anything before we went. And when I say, like, I've never seen him cry or mm-hmm. be, like, I've never seen this guy cry. And he was a former, like, professional football player. And we've had such an amazing friendship. And as soon as I came out uh, of the show, I couldn't find him anywhere. And uh, he messaged me, like, mate, this is, this is fucking destroyed me. I'm like... This, I need five minutes oh. before I come see you because then he felt this thing of I had no idea why didn't you tell me like, mm-hmm. and I think that's the hard thing of, yeah. in terms of when my family and other friends saw the show it's like why didn't you tell me like we could have fixed this together it's like that's not how mm-hmm. that's not how it works mm. um, and it's hard and this is my way of telling you yeah. now yeah. 
Is yeah. there a big difference with like, um, or is it the same, uh, with how like sort of Australia's approach to mental health and the UK's approach to mental health? Are they different? <clears throat> are they quite, because we were saying before about it being like, put your socks up, toughen up. Yeah, and yeah. I think just in general, the world's getting better. Yeah. Mm. I think that, I think there's more public awareness uh, in Australia, I've noticed. So there's like, are you okay day, which I'm not sure if it's a thing over here I as well. I we have that now. Yeah. So there's a few public campaigns about that and a lot more, I think with social media, a lot more people are speaking openly about it. Mm-hmm. whether it be like celebrities or athletes and things like that which has opened discussions for a lot of other people um, and for people to you know and sometimes like the Calm like the Calm app and mm-hmm. the different apps and things now that can help you but yeah I think it's in terms of a worldly thing I think it's getting way better yeah. Yeah. compared yeah. to especially compared to when I was at school well, that's what I was going to say because we didn't have any of this when we were younger no. that's why you had to feel so isolated because you didn't read about it yeah. anywhere I think um, the only way I heard about mental health problems was my rock heroes at 27 taking their own lives yeah. and that's the only only time you ever heard about it, but they never use the word mental health problems they always use like just it was all about drugs and rock and roll yeah and it's only been in the last 10 years or so that these conversations have been opened up and like hopefully if there is a, a young man at the end of high school that's going through these things now they'll be like he'll have the information he'll have mm. resources and stuff like that to go to but that wasn't around so mm. that's the, the big change is the fact that we can talk about these things and also it is difficult like you were saying earlier that you couldn't speak to your friends or your family about mm. this sort of thing because i couldn't either for years i just couldn't didn't speak mm-hmm. to anyone about it and it was so much easier to do it either through writing or you have to find your own way of being able to talk about it yeah. I think it's amazing if you can talk like having mm-hmm. open discussions with your friends and stuff is incredible but I know that not everyone can do it and it's not for everyone and it is finding like yours is performing and so is yours Lauren but um, mine was writing finding your own way of being mm. able to discuss these issues and then bring them out mm. it's like what made you want to put it into the show like what made you think that performing it was the best way because of- for the past two shows before mm-hmm. I'd been hiding it right. so I'd be doing characters and, and sketches and using the audience uh, expressing my feelings mm-hmm. and that was the inspiration behind it where it got to a point where I couldn't I couldn't hide them anymore yeah. I couldn't hide without people knowing oh that's what happened to his family or that's what happened to him or mm-hmm. there's only so many uh, horses you can play <laughs> to disguise um, um, different ways of um, presenting yeah. your feelings that's what I was going to say did you think like um like sort of sketching character was a good way for you to be able to approach it because like you can like wrap it up in different like disguises and be like it's not me yeah no. and you can be a bit more abstract with it and be like it's not depression it's a, it's a phoenix oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so 100 yeah. percent. and then the show before i had like a like a today show like a good morning britain mm-hmm. thing and like back home excuse me they do like a within three rings if you answer um you can win a hundred thousand dollars say but you have to say like you know i wake up with today and i did this sketch where i played this like really positive super energetic good morning host and um yeah the person and it's like i wake up with today it's like oh congratulations you won it's like i wake up with today with like the same dark sadness that i've had for <laughs> and it was genuinely like when i wrote that it was how i was feeling mm-hmm. and it was such a weird thing to perform every night on stage because people are laughing at your actual yeah. feelings yeah. it's still like a comedic thing and a device that i use and mm-hmm. you know that that was the joke but it was also the be a couple of times during the during a run at Edinburgh or, or Melbourne where you're like, oh fuck, you're laughing at my sadness. Yeah. <laughs> Do you kind of want to pause the show for a second, don't you, and be like, you know, this is really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would like, yeah, they wouldn't have a, have a clue. But, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So there'd be like stuff like that where you could slip and slide in and out of stuff where yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't have a clue that it was that it was real. Do you find comedy is an easier way of conveying it? Yeah. Compared to, I feel I feel like I can tap into it easier as well. Yeah. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so I can I can put a feeling to 
a character rather than having that feeling attached to me, mm. the person, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I found that um, good. And I found like the inspiration behind my emotions and feelings allowed me to explore different characters and, and uh, sketches and stuff like that. I like that because I think that's good because like, it's, it's like it is all these different versions of yourself, isn't mm-hmm. it? So by being able to be like, no, but that's not me. That's that part of me and that's that part of me. It's yeah. such a good way of like, compo- I always struggle with this word. Compartmentalising. That's the one. Um, com- I'm not even going to keep It's Monday. Um, putting it into boxes in your brain. <laughs> oh, compartmentalising. <laughs> <laughs> but it is because you, there are so many different versions of ourselves, especially when you've got mental health issues. Mm. And that kind of weird idea of there's the normal version of you or the like that one version that you think is the okay version. Mm. I just don't mm. think that exists. There's just all these different people that just kind of come in. Was it, was it, uh, have you ever seen Split, the yes. movie? Yeah, they're in, in the light um, and then kind of like going in and out. Is, mm. uh, yeah, probably not a good analogy. I'll cut that one from <laughs> Oh, the, Jill uh, from Brisbane. Love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, going slightly back as well, you were talking about the fact that, like, um, with male mental health, it's mm-hmm. still very much seen as a kind of like hunk down, don't feel anything, like man up and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Have you had many like men that have seen your show come to you and and speak about speak yeah, openly? The, the, I think one of the best messages messages I got was in Melbourne, and it was a dad, and he messaged me maybe two hours after I finished, and he said, "I just want to let you know that my son and I have come watched your shows for the past four years. Like, this is our fourth time seeing you and we drove home in silence for 40 minutes and then he went into his room I went into my room and then I came in because I needed to talk talk to him and he said it was the most honest open conversation I've ever had with my son and we really bonded even further over that and kind of really made me scared at a particular point uh, like fuck I don't know that side of my son I don't really talk about that side of my son mm-hmm. I know uh, about his school and he's you know his friends and stuff but not him and we just had this like nice conversation like the next week of just like constantly just checking in and stuff like that and you know I got a few messages like that which I felt like hey that's that's great that's amazing um, yeah and even like with my dad um, he's been amazing since he saw the show not that he, he hasn't been beforehand but I think it was just like another layer or you know thing to our belt that we kind of um, understood a lot more as well and he, yeah. he spoke to me about his um, you know growing up with his his health because he was a professional footballer from the age of 15 kind of thing and traveling the world at that age and you know he didn't have the like there wasn't the language in the mm-hmm. 70s and stuff like that or or the um, material or mm-hmm. um, things out there at the time and you know that's where I think a lot of that Aussie like come on mate you're a battler you gotta like go out you gotta be hard you know you know drink some cement and harden <laughs> up kind of thing <laughs> and um, it's like no spit out the cement yeah because <laughs> you know? um, the phrase I like to use as well is like that thing of oh, I just water off a duck's back mm-hmm. it's like yeah but sometimes that water's fucking boiling mm-hmm. so like it does wash off you but it leaves a burn a scar you're still thinking about it do you know I mean like you can push it away to move on but mm-hmm. it's still there sometimes you want to be dry yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to swim today <laughs> I'm sick of being soggy yeah, yeah. Mm. so if you could go back to little Steen mm-hmm. um, the, the age we kind of give is like the age where you think you would have taken it in and listened to it and yeah. given yourself some advice on like mental health and living with a bit 
less misery, what mm-hmm. would you tell yourself? I think I'd say like instead of sort of the phrase like suck it up, I would I would tell him like to spit it out. Yeah. Whether that's as you were saying, whether it's just like writing in a page just to get it out to understand why or what you're feeling or speaking to someone or um, just ha- just even like listening to someone. There's so many different ways you can um, I would say like sp- spit it out or, or mm. allow your feelings to come out, and it could be through exercise, it could be um, through a myriad of different things. But yeah, that'd be the one that I would I would tell myself. I like that. Nice, I lovely job. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. Hey, thank Cheers. you so much for me. Thank you. Woo! We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. 30 episodes done! And uh, I think we all deserve a little nap. Uh, Yes, I think that's probably a good idea. Uh, Thank you to Steen for letting us bother him with our words. Thank you for Dave and Calm. Thank you to Dave and Calm, even. Uh, for helping us make this little podcast. And thank you to Lauren, uh, who basically drives this show. And without her, it would just be me being terrible in front of funny people, which nobody wants to listen to. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, drink some water, have a sleep, eat a vegetable occasionally, give yourself a break and uh, breathe. Breathing's a good one. Uh, And until next week, bye, 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 bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video. Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? 
I know what this one is. Nah, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Vinlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising people. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.